Wedge Issues is brought to you by WISPolitics.com, a place where political insiders go for news, opinion, and campaign information. Once again, that's WISPolitics.com. Dana Walks gave up his seat in the assembly to run for governor, but as we are all well aware now, it was a really crowded field, and it didn't take him very long to realize he didn't see a pathway to winning the primary. Since he dropped out, he's returned to his law practice, and he spent some time campaigning for Tony Evers, who he endorsed when he dropped out, and who ended up winning the Democratic primary. On a recent trip to Madison, Dana Walks stopped by the Cap Times office, and we caught up and talked about what happens after you run for governor. I'm Jesse O'Poyan, and this is Wedge Issues, a Cap Times podcast about the 2018 elections in Wisconsin. Stay tuned in just a minute for my conversation with Dana Walks. What are you up to these days? Well, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm back in the law firm. I work at Jingers Kate's Walks. Uh, we've got offices in Madison and Milwaukee and Eau Claire, and uh, and I'm back to what I, I love doing the most. I really do. You know, we're seeking justice for people that are not privileged people, people that need help in uh, situations, terrible situations in life. We do everything from civil rights um, litigation. In fact, Mark Thompson, one of my partners, is representing uh, Sterling Brown. Oh, that's uh, right. Against the uh, uh, Milwaukee Police Department. Yeah. Uh, we do that kind of litigation, and we do products liability and medical malpractice and and uh, and just really good to be back in the courtroom. Yeah, obviously just about every Democrat has gotten on board with Tony since he won the primary, but you endorsed him when you exited the race when there were still other candidates uh, in. What, why was he your choice at that point? Well, I'll tell you, Tony's a good person with a good heart. He cares about people. I've known him a long time. And I... Uh, <clears throat> I endorsed him because I, I'm very confident that he can he can beat Scott Walker. We got out of the race when we realized that the only way that we could beat Tony would be to go negative. And and I'm not interested in, in doing that. Tony's a very good human being with a good heart and and he means well and I think you'll be an excellent governor and, and in stark contrast to what we have now. We've talked about your political history before, but you started at the local level and went up to the state level. I started when I was 10 years old. <laughs> I told that story, I think, before. Yeah, me. licking stamps, right? Yep, for Hubert Humphrey. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm, I'm fixing to stay involved in this as long as, I, as long as I draw breath. Okay. What do you think that looks like for you in the future? Well, I'm, you know, I'm going to be involved uh, you know, more on the local level. Um, I'm not going to go back to the city council. I'm going to stay in the courtroom and, mm-hmm. and do what I do. But, uh, you know, there's always room for, for uh, work within the Democratic Party, and there's room for, uh, um, you know, lots of volunteer situations that, that are uh, very much needed in the Democratic Party. We've got to strengthen this party. We've got to broaden its uh, appeal to particularly the young folks, and, uh, and that's what I'm fixing to do. Do you think it was uh, a positive thing that the primary field was as big as it was? I think it was not a positive thing. I think that there were some people that really shouldn't have been in it. Um, but that's, you know, how do you stop that in a democracy if you can't? But I think it was so broad a pool 
that everybody was functionally kind of stuck in a quicksand that that was hard to get out of. And uh, it was hard to get your message out um, because people weren't uh, interested in in donating as much as they typically would be. And uh, because there were so many people, everybody was confused. They're like, who's coming through this? We, we don't know. So it, so I don't think it was, was very healthy. Um, you might be too nice of a person to say so, but can you speak to the dynamics that you think shouldn't have been involved in that race or candidates that you, you think mean, were hurting the, the field? How about them Packers? Uh, <laughs> you've always got that in the back pocket. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I... Uh, I don't want to get into individuals, but I, I think it was too broad a field, given the situation. So what do you see as uh, challenges and, and strengths for Tony Evers heading into November? He understands education like no one else. Um, he's got compassion. He's smart as heck. And I think he's exactly what this state needs. I th- I'm, I'm very optimistic and hopeful about him becoming governor, and I'm confident that he will be. He cares about the environment, cares about people, and cares about education, and, a, and an economy that works for every, everyone. And that's, these are important things. That's stuff that's been ignored by Scott Walker. You mentioned education. That's obviously been the kind of the hinge of the race so far. And uh, Scott Walker is billing himself as the education governor, and you've had the chance to be in the legislature as you've considered some of the proposals that he's touting on this. Um, what's your take on that? I mean, he he did put more money into the into the education budget than he has before. Um, obviously, Tony Evers asked for has asked for more than um, than Scott Walker's put in. But um, do do you think that the, I guess do you think the race will come down to education? And if so, how do you see that playing out? I I think it's going to come down to education and infrastructure and jobs, uh, good paying jobs. Um, it's mendacious what what Governor Walker's saying about uh, him being the education governor. That's ridiculous. This is the guy that dug a huge hole, a billion-dollar hole in the K-12 program. Now he wants praise because he's throwing some money back in. Well, he dug the hole in the first place. And it's nonsensical the way he dug our financial holes in, in Wisconsin. He turns down Medicaid. There's a billion dollars there. Now he's suddenly... You know, he, he could have created 10,000 jobs if he had just said yes to the Medicaid money coming from Washington. Now we're spending $3 billion state money and $4.5 billion general resource or, you know, tax money for Foxconn. You know, and, and there's a big question out there as to exactly what is being, what is Foxconn and what is this project? It seems to change. I, t- I refer to it the other day as a, you know, the, the mother of all, uh, uh, you know, uh, I can't remember the term now. Yeah, bait and switch. Bait and right? switch, yeah. that's it. Uh, and, and, you know, what? We're spending $4.5 billion total resources for what? You know, and they can't even define it themselves. They're not making the big screens. They're making small screens. Um you know, I, I think it's, it's, it's a bad decision, and I think it's going to be harmful for our state in the long run. And, I, and, I, uh, and I, you know, I think that we need to try to survive in spite of, of what Foxconn is going to bring. Do you think it changes at all when you start hearing that Foxconn's going to branch out into other communities? Your, yours is included. You know, they've, they've announced they're going to take up some space in Eau Claire. Um, do you think that changes both the impact and maybe public opinion on I this? think it's interesting that that's happening. It's interesting to me that Walker's numbers go down and suddenly there's a Foxconn in Eau Claire. 
his numbers start to waver and go down in Green Bay, and suddenly there's a Foxconn. Just what's going on with this exactly? You know, they, these are questions I think we need to, to ask. And what's really going to come of that? You know, what is really going to come of those, those uh, centers? You know, I'm, I'm pretty, you know, I guess I, I started the Foxconn adventure with wide open eyes. Now I'm looking through a couple of razor blade slits. Because, you know, in fact, I was just reviewing the contract again last night. And, and I, I think that they're close to material breach. Um, and, you know, I, we want to know what exactly are we getting for $4.5 billion. A governor has an obligation to make darn sure the taxpayer's money is being well spent. We've just thrown $4.5 billion thinking it was going to be the big screen plant, and now it's not. So just what exactly is going on? Wedge Issues is sponsored by WISPolitics.com. You can become a WISPolitics.com member. Find out more at WISPolitics.com slash membership. So let's, let's shift gears a little bit. We, you talked about the size of the Democratic field not being a great thing in the governor's race, but what else did you learn? I mean, you've, you've never run for governor before. You've run for the state legislature in your hometown, but what, what did you learn on the trail? Well, I'll tell you, I learned that we have interesting and funny people in the state of Wisconsin. I, enjoy, I, I will be a better trial lawyer after the experience that I've gone through. Uh, you learn uh, new filtration systems in your mind to hold your, hold your pie hole closed until you hear what the full question is and what the issue is, and you think about what you say before you say it. And you're able to size up people quicker after an experience like this. Um, I, I got to tell you, I met some of the funniest human beings I've ever met in my, my <laughs> life. Yeah. And I've met some folks that were completely the opposite. <laughs> Let me put it to you that way. Sure. Um, you know, and I guess one of the lessons that I think is, and I tell folks, is that, you know, I'm a little poorer <laughs> after this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm a heck of a lot richer, too, because I've learned so much about this state, and I've learned so much about the people here and the issues that that make this state what it is. I love this state with all of my heart, and uh, and I, you know, I will be involved um, now in the courtroom more than anywhere else, but I will continue to be involved. I think we have so much going for us in this state. We got natural resources like none other. Uh, we need to protect them. We've got children that look to us for education. Kids that are, you know, with so much potential. Um, so I, I think generally this has been a good experience. Um, I've had a lot of fun with it, and I've gotten some things done. I think we've seen you know, certainly across the country, and maybe some early evidence in Wisconsin of the natural backlash to. Uh, national politics being the, the so-called blue wave, um, having sort of an inside view of, of the Democratic Party here in Wisconsin, um, what's the party doing right and, and what does it maybe need to change to take advantage of that and, and be successful? I think it's doing right in the sense that a lot of younger folks are getting involved and that's a really good thing. Um, I think it's doing right in the sense that um, you know, errors of Governor Walker and this Republican legislature are really being communicated now. 
Um, and I think uh, the regular folks are starting to get it and they're starting to understand uh, what's going on. Um, we can always do better, um, but I think by and large the Democratic Party is doing pretty good in Wisconsin, working their tails off trying to get this, uh, this state turned around. And uh, I'm pretty proud of them. So uh, on a personal level, how did you unwind and recover from the point where you ended your campaign and went back home to return to some sort of sense of normalcy? I took about three weeks completely off and just walked. I got this dog. I, I took Artie for a long, long walks. Um, and uh, and I've spent a lot of time at the lake and uh, um, just stepped away from everything for a while. Just It was exhausting. I mean, we, we spent, I think, 2,200 miles a week for 10 months um, and uh, that that's that that's exhausting. Yeah, that um, take a toll. Yeah, and it was seven days a week, pretty much. Not always, but darn near. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would be in Eau Claire one or two nights a week, so I'd only see my family one or two nights a week. And uh, and it's really good to be home. And I'll tell you this: I'm going to cling to the homestead mm-hmm. now because it's it's uh, it's nice, and I love Eau Claire, and I love my family, and. And uh, that dog needs some work, but yeah, he he's 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 quite the character. We got this Labrador that's just half nuts and uh, strange. It's like having a monkey around the house. I mean, he <laughs> he gets into more things. I remember you told you you talked last time you were on about him getting into the ice machine oh. and getting the ice out and. Well, and he's learned that he can step on the pedal and open the lid of the garbage <laughs> can, and he's big enough that he just reaches in and get. <laughs> Uh, what about yourself? Any future plans to run for office? I, I don't know. I mean, you never say never, I guess. But I, I'll tell you this. I, I enjoy the fact that in the courtroom, you have a very learned person in the front, a judge, and you have learned people on the other side of the room that you're, you're fighting against. And, and something that's different about the court than, than politics is, and I think politics could use some of this, but... You know, I I have tried cases against some of the best lawyers, and we have fought like dogs. And then I'm friends with them. I mean, I, I used to go grouse hunting and pheasant hunting with uh, a guy that I had many, many cases against over the years. Um, and that's the way it should be in this city and in Washington. And it isn't. And it needs to be that way. We need to be able to go in state our principles, state our positions, and then get along. I mean, we used to fly to the moon when the Democrats and the Republicans worked together. And now we argue about potholes. And, you know, that's one thing that I had very much wanted to try to fix when I'm down here. When I was here in the 80s, in the early 80s, I was helping uh, in some political campaigns and helping in the building some. Um... It was more like that. I mean, people would sit down and they'd write bills. You go to the inn on the park and watch. That's where the legislation was really happening. Mm-hmm. Um, now we have powerful, wealthy interests that aren't in the building that are calling the shots. You've got billionaires hanging out down the street telling what the legislators are supposed to be doing. And it's hard to negotiate when you have to you can't just sit down and talk with somebody on the other side and expect them to have the authority to say yes or no. They have to go check with their handlers. 
Now, I'm not sure how we fix that without a different United States Supreme Court decision on on campaign finance. But but this money that's poured into this building by the bushel basket has corrupted this place, and it's corrupting Washington. And if we don't get this turned around, it's going to be the end of this republic. So that's something that I I very much wanted to address, and we haven't gotten there yet. Um, so will I ever run again? Possibly. Don't know. I'm not going to say no, absolutely. But I'll tell you what, I really like that courtroom, the procedure, the, you know, the, the protocols, that, and the way people are. They're more professional, and they, uh, we do our work. We do it hard, and we do it well. Uh, but in the end of the day, we can still communicate with each other. So what would be your advice to, whether it's uh, a governor or lawmakers who are still going to be in Madison, when you talk about the need to you know, return to that ability to you know, be professionals and, and you know, acknowledge the humanity of people across the aisle? What would be your advice to your colleagues on how to change that? Well, I think what we need to do is, is try to have events with the Republicans in the legislature. We need to have social events and trainings that are common to both sides and are inclusive of both sides. I think we need to, I think one of the, another aspect or the problem here is redistricting. I would think that both the Democrats and the Republicans would would eventually come together and put together an Iowa form of redistricting. Uh, if we make elections truly competitive, then the will of the people are gonna be heard because most people in the state are not in the far left or the far right, they're in the middle. And if everybody was campaigning to get in the middle, I think you'd have a lot more harmony in the state, and I think we'd have a lot more participation in in the political process. Over time, obviously, I'm a progressive. So, you know, my druthers are, you know, a a little different than somebody who's a conservative. Mm -hmm. But I think, by and large, what we need to do is make sure that the middle is included and and over time, the middle, I would hope, would move to the left. And I'm sure my conservative friends would want to move them to the right. But, mm-hmm. but there's, there's an increasing lack of participation of people in the middle because it's just nothing but a fist fight all the time. And I think people are sick of it. Well, I got to tell you, I, I went to Eau Claire for pretty much the first time uh, oh, really? about a month ago. Yeah, I'd, I'd been once before, but it had been too long. So um, did a little reporting when I was there, but I made sure to check out the Lazy Monk Brewery, which was yeah, one of you your <laughs> favorite beers listed on the podcast before. And you can bring so, your dog in there. Yeah, if I, if I had known, I would have brought her along for the trip. <laughs> that was pretty good. Was did little, you like Lazy oh, Monk? Oh, it was great. Yeah, it was, you know, little dogs running around and good beer, <laughs> lots of good beers to try. It was, I uh, very much enjoyed it. And yeah. there's another one called the Beer Project, or the Brewing, uh, Brewing Project. Project. Yeah, yeah. It's just about a block away. Yeah, block I heard that half. one's good. I heard yeah. there's one in Altoona, too, that's like an offshoot of the Brewing Project. Supposed yeah, to be and good, I, haven't, so. I haven't actually been to that one yet. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Eau Claire is, I think, I think the second fastest growing city in the state now. Yeah, good and stuff it, happening there. There's a lot of stuff yeah. that's happening fast, too. And it's, you know, and I, I enjoy that city very much. Thank you for listening to Wedge Issues. Our theme music is Oh, Wisconsin by Loxley. 
We'll be back every Friday with new episodes with a few bonuses thrown in here and there. So make sure you're subscribed on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts to keep up to date. If you have feedback or suggestions for me, you can find me on Twitter at Jesse Opie, or you can email me at J-O-P-O-I-E-N at Madison.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Wedge Issues has been brought to you by WISPolitics.com. There are plenty of benefits to becoming a member. You can go to WISPolitics.com membership to find out more.